0: For more information on Cynthia's diverse background, log on to CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. com. Let the next 60 minutes inspire, motivate, and encourage you to become your own best version. Now, here's Cynthia.
1: Well, welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and I'm always glad when you are joining me. So today we have Kitty Chappell with us. She is a returning guest And we are so thankful to have her. She has been on this radio show before talking about one of her other books that she has authored. And today I have her doing a second part she was on last week about her newest book called Friendship When It's Easy and When It's Not. So make sure, if you missed last week, that you go to the website and listen to the podcast for last week. And you can hear the first part of that show. So Kitty is an award-winning nonfiction author, and she has... Performed as a keynote speaker for so many women 's retreats, and she does functions over the last thirty years and she's been a featured guest on radio and on television and she has the, the book that she did on our show uh, was called Soaring Above the Ashes on the Wings of Forgiveness and If you have any struggles with forgiveness, this is really an amazing book. I have recommended it to several of my clients. And it was a life-changing book for me to read. She also has um, different books that she has done as well. I just found out she co-authored a book on cats, the stories for cat lovers, which is hilarious. (laughs) That was your book. That is hilarious because I have a cat. And I I just love animals so much. They are so fascinating to me. So you'll have to get me one of those books. I would love to. I would love to read that book. You so, Kitty, we are so glad that you're here today. And this um, book, Friendship: When It's Easy and When It's Not. You know, we were talking off air about what we kind of want to do with this second part of this little one-two part series on your book. And so, we kind of talked about this idea with friends in in the last the last week's show. You gave us some great statistics, scientific research about the power of friendships and how they help our health even more than quitting smoking or exercising and the longevity of life for people that have very um, uh, salient friendships and that these friendships don't necessarily have to always be on a day-to-day basis. They can be twice a year. It's the feeling of being known, feeling of being seen, feeling of being understood and accepted. And so you have this one of these chapters, and this is Chapter um, 7, about those that are hurting and helping those that are hurting, and so you know, we we really talked about last week as well the things not to do, you know, and um, and we are going to spend some time on the famous too uh, too much talking syndrome. Yes, <laughs> we're going to spend the, a great deal of the show on that particular chapter. So I really thought it would be nice for us to talk about what to do as a good friend what does a good friend really do and and i you know we talked about this verse that there's a friend that sticks closer closer than a brother and a friend a man with many friends may come to ruin but there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother and that is jesus that is christ who is our brother and the power of friendship that jesus offers us and why humans need Mm -hmm. friends and then i thought of the verse you know it's kindness that leads us to repentance. Mm-hmm. That's what God says about Jesus. He says, it's my kindness that leads you to repentance. And so many times we're afraid to be kind to people when they're messing up their life. Right. Because we think yeah. somehow we're supporting it and we should be the one telling them, you need to stop doing this as if we, we don't know. Right. You know, I mean, there are very few things that, that someone needs to tell me as an adult that I should probably not do. Right? Exactly, I, I pretty much know all the things that I need to stop doing.
2: <laughs> I don't exactly, and I need and, someone to tell things me things <laughs> that we imagine. <laughs>
1: exactly, yes. and so you know, when when you get this kindness, this acceptance, this someone coming alongside of you that's walking with you and saying, you know, I just know that I love you. I know you're going to get a handle on this. I'm praying for you. If there's something I can do to help and support you, I will do it. But it doesn't have to necessarily always inhibit. The friendship. Right. You know, now there are some behaviors and the too much talking syndrome. May in, that's one of the things that may inhibit a relationship. But people just working out their lives, right, that's just part of being a good friend. That's true. And not judging. Mm-hmm. And so you have this friend that you were friends with for, have been friends with for 58 years. Yes. And you guys have been through a lot of things. Yes. And had, have had arguments and have had times where it was not working well. And you've had lots of tragedies that you've shared in each other's lives, right? Right. So when we talk about what's being a good friend, what are those qualities that you think
2: are enduring? I think one, uh, probably, there's several. Mm-hmm. But one is being willing to accept that person the way they are. Where they're at. And and not... um Sometimes our expectations are so high that we become disappointed in people, and we punish them, and then sometimes we leave them. And we take it personally. Yes. Yes. We take it personally. Honesty has been one of the greatest uh, tools in paths in my friendship. And, I've, you know, I think there's a
1: lot to be said for honesty, but there's a lot to be said for how you do honesty.
2: Oh, exactly. And people it's misuse always, it, and, it and,
1: and beat each other up with it.
2: It's, it's not an excuse to be rude or true. to push your opinion on someone. That's right. Or to judge. Exactly. Faithful of the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Yes.
1: Yes. <clears throat> so the wounds of a friend, that is telling. It's wounds of a friend. What is a true friend? Mm-hmm. And I've had friends that have told me things, and I was, I like, ow but I knew they loved me so much that it was hard for them to say it it
2: was they were only saying it. it
1: took a lot of courage and they were only saying it because of their deep love for me and and when you understand that that's what honesty and friendship is about is me being willing to be honest about myself so I can truly have a friend Right. Right. And being truly transparent and authentic and and open. And and that means that we have to have wisdom. We can't just be like a child and open with everybody, Mm -hmm. you know, but me being honest with them and them being willing to be honest back with me about what I'm going through or about what they see. And sometimes they tell me really good things. Mm -hmm. They say, oh, but this is what I know about you. This is what I see about you. And it's encouraging. And sometimes they say, you know. You know you, I know you, and you might want to scale that back a little, Exactly, right? <laughs> you Exactly. Might, you know, whatever it is that they're talking about. And I know from them that they love me and mm-hmm. like me, right? Mm-hmm. And they also want me to be successful, and they want me to be okay. Exactly. And so well, that's and hard.
2: It's important to uh, differentiate between our opinion and honesty. That is a very
1: excellent point.
2: I mean, if she asks you your opinion about a dress that she's trying on, that's your opinion. Right. It's exactly. not necessarily fact right. or truth. Right. It's merely your opinion. So if right. she goes ahead and buys it, don't be upset or offended. Or ta- and take it personally. Exactly. And then judge
1: her by saying, well, I told you it was a stupid dress.
2: Exactly. <laughs> But one thing I think one of the greatest compliments I ever received from a friend was from Pat. When she one time she called me, she said, I really need to know the truth about a certain situation. And she repeated what had happened. She said, You are the only one in the world I can trust to tell me the truth. I don't want to hear what you think I want. To that you think that I would like to hear. I want to hear the truth. And see
1: that takes tremendous discernment and and I tell clients frequently and I'm known by clients and my mm-hmm. friends that I will always tell them the truth. Right. And because I know the truth sets us free. Exactly. I want to know the truth. However, I also give this little this little um qualifier, Yacht. yes, yeah. that says, I'm so thankful God doesn't tell me all the truth all the time about me right. because I would not get out of bed in the morning. <laughs> I am so glad he doses it out for me. And so it's understanding that truth sets people free when it's done in the right time. Exactly. And see, Satan came into the garden and exposed them, right, right, to some things and told them some things that did not set them free right. but were true. They, mm-hmm. part of what happened to them was they said, you know, mm-hmm. we are naked and God mm-hmm. said, how how do you how know did that? You know? Who told you this? Right. Because they were not supposed to know that truth. Right. That was not and so all of a sudden he's now having to deal with mm-hmm. the fact that they got lied to with a seed of truth mm-hmm. in it. Little mm-hmm. teeny bit of it. Mm-hmm. And we have been paying the price because of the timeliness of revealing something. And so we have to be very timely when we are revealing truth. And I've had people sometimes say, well, I just want to know the truth. And I'm thinking, mm, no, <laughs> no. I'm not sure you really do today. Right. And so it doesn't mean I, I'm like God, but I might say to them something like a piece of it. Like mm-hmm. I might test the waters a little mm-hmm. bit and see how they receive a portion of it mm-hmm. before I just deluge them right. with the entire piece. Right. You know.
2: I agree. And sometimes I've said, well, can we talk about this later?
1: Yes, yes. Time is always on your side. (laughs) (laughs) I always say it's time. It's a time issue when you're Mm -hmm. telling the truth to people about themselves.
2: And, you, and, and you're right. You have to be sure that they actually want the truth. Sometimes they are re- reacting and playing off of what somebody else said that they are in denial about.
1: Well, because they might be expecting you to tell them the truth they want to hear. Yes, And it's exactly. not true.
2: You know, exactly. <laughs> and so you're
1: having to think, I don't think they actually want the truth. They want reality, like their reality. Right. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's true. That's right. You know, we can have a lot of reality, a lot of things that feel very real to us mm-hmm. that are not necessarily true. And so there is, because that leads to that concept you and I were talking about offline, off air, about hurt versus harm. Mm-hmm. That I tell somebody the truth before they are ready for it or in a way that is laced with my own opinions, mm-hmm. it can harm them. That's different than the wounds of a friend. Exactly. Very different. And it takes wisdom, and it takes maturity. It does. So, introduce. We're going, to, going into our, our next segment. Introduce to us this uh, chapter. We're going to do about the too much talking syndrome. We got one minute.
2: Oh my goodness, <laughs> that is. Um, as, as Cynthia already mentioned, uh, the the survey that I sent out was mind boggling. I sat there, and I was cracking up. At the, you talk about honest and <laughs> yes. the truth. I could feel their blood pressure rising as they were writing their responses. Oh, this is amazing. Well, was... we're, well, we're going to
1: talk about this in the next segment, so make sure that you uh, join us in the next segment. Listeners, this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversation with Cynthia with Kitty Chapel and her book, Friendship, When It's Easy and When It's Not. Well, welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia, and I'm Cynthia Hyatt. You are here with me and our guest, Kitty Chapel. She has been on our show before, and she is a best-selling author and a retreat and keynote speaker for many women's retreats and all kinds of functions that she does. She's also a radio and television uh, has done lots of radio and television appearances, and she has several other books. So I want to make sure that you have her name, Kitty Chapel, and it is spelled C-H-A-P-P-E-L-L. So many things that she has written, devotions, books, all kinds of very helpful information. And this book she's done, Friendship, When It's Easy and When It's Not, we did this last week, and this is part two. So please make sure that you go to the website and listen to the podcast of last week's show, as we t- talked about several of the chapters and the impetus of the book. And we are going to pretty much take the, the rest of this show and talk about this very important chapter that says, what your friends won't tell you, you talk too much. And I love this quote by Robert Frost that she has. It says, half the world is composed of people who have something to say and can't, and the other half who have nothing to say and keep on saying it. <laughs> Oh, that is just hilarious, and so it's funny that you know Robert Frost. This is 1874, and you think about this is this has been going on since the beginning yes. of time. This is <laughs> and this is probably an enduring problem that we have. So you know, we lo- we love to talk, and and um, many of us. Now there are some people that that do not, and maybe should be right. But there are many of us that really struggle with this idea of talking too much, and I'm glad you brought this up because we're going to talk about why that may be, how to handle people that do that, and really talk about this wonderful survey that you did. So why don't we start with that? Just give us an idea of how this survey came about, and if we have to go into the next segment, we will, but tell us about how you decided to do this survey, how you wrote this survey, who you sent it to, and...
2: Well, when I first got the idea uh, of writing it, I had intended for it to be a book, but just too, you talk too much to be an yes, entire book. Yes, yeah. yes, and I—that's <laughs> funny. Have. You talk too
1: much will be an entire book. <laughs> yes,
2: <laughs> but I decided to um, condense it and then just put it. I thought it would be perfect in a friendship book. Absolutely, because so many friends uh, have to deal with this problem, and actually. I was thinking about it. I was at a women's brunch and I was sitting I was hostess of the table and as we got up and we went to get in line for our buffet meal, I I see a friend there and I smile broadly and she hugs me and she goes, "You have lipstick on your teeth." And so I immediately t- tried to rub it off and um, evidently permanent lipstick lasts better on teeth than it does the (laughs) lips, and so I was further embarrassed. Or clothing. Yes. (laughs) But I immediately got angry at the ladies at my table. Why didn't they tell me? I'd sat there for 30 minutes before, and nobody had said, Kitty, you have lipstick on your teeth. And I thought, why didn't they do that? That's rude. And so when I went back, I thought about it, and I thought, no, this is an opportunity to to get some feedback about this possible book. Or, right, and, right. And so I asked him, I said, did any of you notice that I had lipstick on my teeth when I sat here before? Every one of them said, no, I didn't notice it. So evidently, I just hadn't smiled broadly <laughs> enough. And they said, no, "I think
1: that's called denial." <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, no, I, they were sincere because we women feel very strongly about yes, that. Yes, yes. And they and and one of them said, "I would have definitely told you. I would want somebody to tell me if I had lipstick." Right, on my right. And so I thought, that's interesting. Would we want somebody to tell us about a habit such as talking too much? Which is far more. And the truth,
1: tacky. which we talk about in the yes, last segment. Exactly. Is, do we really want to know the truth?
2: Exactly. Would we dare do that? Yes, yes. Yes. Tell me about the lipstick on my teeth. That's my appearance. Exactly. But don't tell me about... I need to stop talking. Yes, exactly. And or so... I'm not
1: very fun to talk to because I talk about things that. Nobody's interested in. Exactly. Mm
2: -hmm. And so I asked them, Then I told them what I was thinking about writing. Well, everybody, oh, man, that just took over the whole conversation. Everybody knew somebody who talked too much. And they said, well, we want to read it as soon as you write it, you know. And so when I got home, I thought, is this something that was just of interest to these ladies? Or how much of a universal interest is there? So I wrote up this. I made up this survey. I sent out out to everybody on my email list, which covers many states. I've got about a thousand people on my email list, and I thought, well, if I get a few responses, I'll, I'll be happy. I was inundated, <laughs> and they were so. I mean, exclamation points, caps, and they, oh my you goodness. could you could just see their. Intensity. Yes, yes. And like one of the questions that began, do you know anyone whom you think talks too much? Everyone said yes in caps with tons of exclamation points. One said so many. Do you know more than one person who has this problem? Everyone except two responders said yes in caps. Exclamation point. Yes. (laughs) And one responded at least four
1: Oh, this is funny. One said, they seem to migrate to me. That's, <laughs> I know. That is fascinating.
2: And then, how do you feel after being with a TTMS friend or talking with one on the phone, and you never get a word in edgewise? Wow. In, cap, in caps, exhausted and frustrated. This is amazing. And
1: convicting.
2: Yes. Yes. It is. And it goes on and on. And then uh, and then I ask the no, question. No, this one is very funny.
1: So how, many, how do you feel after being with a TTMS friend? If it's on the phone, my left elbow aches. My left ear burns. I have a huge pain in my neck. <laughs> now, see, I, I know that we're laughing about this, but I know we all have the propensity yes. to talk too much.
2: Exactly.
1: It's... So we have, we have two more minutes before the break here. So this one question, how is TTMS individual adversely affected? So do you avoid being around the person when it's going
2: on for too long or too prolonged period of time? And the answer is the most frequent answer to this was yes, absolutely, in caps, all with exclamation points. And then it gives examples. Of this one lady and her husband stopped going on vacation with close friends who kept asking them but they couldn't tell them why. They'd never speak to us again, she said. So they couldn't tell the truth.
1: That's right.
2: And they so they stopped going on vacation
1: with mm-hmm. friends simply because the person kept talking too much.
2: Sometimes I this one answer was sometimes but I have to claim phone problems and then later oh. listen to relentless voicemails. Oh my
1: goodness this is very telling too. I stopped inviting a good friend over. Her constant talking exhausted me. I know she is hurt and wonders why, but I can't tell her. That's sad. This is amazing. This is really telling. So, we're coming to the end of the, this, uh, we're going to a hard break. And so, we have two more segments to really delve into this. You know, and I think it's wonderful we can laugh about it because we all can do this, but exactly. at the same time, there's tremendous hurt. Mm-hmm. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. And I have Kitty Chapel with me talking about friendship, when it's easy and when it's not. So join me in the next segment. Make sure that if you want a keynote speaker, I would love to do that for your organization. I can tailor make a, um, a topic for you. Make sure you visit the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you in the next half hour. Well, welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and you are joining me with Kitty Chapel. She is the author of a, her newest book, Friendship, When It's Easy and When It's Not. She's also an award-winning nonfiction author, and she's performed as a keynote speaker for many women's retreats and functions. She also has authored numerous books. Um, some she has some writings in Chicken Soup for the Soul and in Guideposts. And the book that she has written when she was on our show before was called Forgiving the Unforgivable. And it, it's also, it, actually now it's called Soaring Above the Soaring Above the Ashes on the Wings of Forgiveness. And I frequently refer to this book with clients that struggle with abuse. This is, she has an incredibly traumatic childhood that she has overcome. And the way that she worked through forgiveness, and I told her, I read some of the workbook sections that she had, and I thought, this is the Holy Spirit that gave you this information because this is a therapeutic book. This is exact you have people go to school to learn the things that you wrote down that just the Holy Spirit told you how to work through this. And so it is very it's a very powerful book. So, if you're just joining us, we've been talking about this book and we are kind of going to take this next half hour and really talk about one particular chapter and this is what's called TTMS and it's talking too much syndrome. And we all have a friend or know people um, have been around people that struggle with this talking too much. And, and I think we have to kind of clarify the talking too much syndrome because <clears throat> it's really about just filling up the air with words. Mm-hmm. It's not about a connective conversation. So you may even be talking with somebody or trying to talk with somebody and they just keep talking. And even if they're talking about things that affect them or deep things, any time you try to interact, they don't want the interaction at all. They just want to keep talking. It's a wall of words. There mm-hmm. is no way to be a participant in the conversation. Right. This is kind of the person we're talking about. Exactly. We're not talking about the person that might talk your ear off for a half an hour, but you feel very connected to the conversation. Even if you don't say a lot, you enjoyed the listening piece of it because it was talking
2: to you exactly is
1: talking at you or out into the air this is just Mm -hmm. filling up the air with words and I told you I you know I rarely lose control of myself and I was trapped in a car with a woman that had this syndrome I I never even thought of it as like a syndrome and all I know is I'm trapped in a car we're in a parking garage trying to get out of this parking garage and we had had lunch and then got into the car she talked all through lunch all through walking to the car walking, talking nonstop through a busy malls and parking lots. I'm like, how do you talk while we're walking through busy places, right? right? And then we get in the car, won't stop talking, and I told you, I said, I had I had an outburst. I said, will you please stop talking? <laughs> I, I couldn't believe I lost control of myself. I couldn't take it anymore. It just felt like I was getting beat up with all these words that, that were meaningless and were not even a part of a conversation not interesting and she stopped for maybe 15 20 seconds and started again i couldn't believe it and i i i felt terrible for her but i thought i have no i'm having trouble having any compassion on her as my and that's unusual right. for me right very unusual so we left off with um this one particular one which is kind of evident, which led me to this this memory. When you gave this survey to people, one of the questions you said was, do you avoid being around the person with TTMS when it's going to be for a prolonged period of time? And there was this one comment from a woman. She says, no one in my women's group at church wants to ride in the same car with the one TTMS woman. This makes going to retreats very difficult. She ruins it for everyone around her in or outside of the vehicle, and most women attend retreats because they seek relaxation and inspiration. So these women don't even sign up until they think she's not going. That's sad. It's very sad. So we have about two minutes. This is the shortest segment we have. So talk about this this whole idea that you came up with and and the survey and why you think this is so important for friendships.
2: I think it's... Extremely important because many times these people are very loving mm-hmm. and giving individuals. And very social. Yes, mm-hmm. very social. And they, and they would be there to help you with anything if you can survive their constant talking.
1: And, and I think it is the constant talking that you can't, it's the lack
2: of interaction. Exactly.
1: You don't get to have a, a two-way discussion.
2: And you, and if you're on the phone with them and you have to go, you can say, well, I'm sorry, I've got to go. Yes, but just one more thing. And they are totally rude and don't they respect your time. just keep talking. Time. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then you feel guilty for having to cut them off or feel guilty because they have made you uncomfortable when well, it was and, their problem. And I felt
1: terrible saying this to this woman. Yes. And it didn't phase her. No. This is this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk more about friendship, when it's easy and when it's not, and what to do, whether you be truthful with this person that talks too much. Join us in the next segment. Well, welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and you are joining me today with Kitty Chapel. She is an author and a presenter and a keynote speaker. And the book that we are going over today is called Friendship: When It's Easy and When It's Not. And it is a great book. It has eleven chapters, and it goes all the way through different things, talking about what friendships are, how to be truthful, when to be truthful, which we're going to be talking about. Um, talks so much about things like sunny side up and this is, these are the uplifting friends that brighten your day talk about tough stuff how tough friendships can be and they are made of tough stuff if they are going to be deep and relevant and she has one chapter called shady side friends and this is understanding those negative friends who kind of drain us and and then i like this chapter in chapter 5 it says that's no friend that's my and these different people we have in our life that we don't consider friends, but we still have a title for them. And that's my mate, my son, my daughter, my sister, my brother, my mom, my dad. And it really talks about examples that make us aware and encourage us to avoid this double standard of behavior that we often display toward people that are closest to us. And and then we have the friendly robbers. And this is how we avoid this, these well-meaning friends and tips that we can have that are more supportive for how we help these particular friends or support them in a better way. And then, you know, we talked earlier in this segment about please help me when I'm hurting. And how do we really help people versus we end up causing more hurt and more harm? And really knowing what can I do when someone is really honestly hurting and not problem solving but truly coming alongside and then we we didn't get to talk about this chapter. It's called, Is the Enemy Us? And is that about us? Do, do we kind of indulge in self-pity? Do we Are we managing our own lives and the things that we should be working on and doing our own self-improvement and self-development? And so we're now doing the chapter, What Your Friends Won't Tell You. You talk too much. So Kitty, thank you for joining us again. This is our last segment. So we were talking all about the survey that you did, and we have this one particular question that we're going to start with. But before we do that, please let people know how to get a hold of you, how to get a hold of your books, and all the different things that you have to offer.
2: Okay, you can go to my website. It's CAp-EL-L.com. Chappell, and uh, all of my books, everything that you want to know or, or don't want to know about me is on this website. I'm in the process right now of changing publishers, but at the moment you can get my any of my books through Amazon.com, and you can always get them through my website. Perfect. But in the near future, hopefully I'll have a different publisher. Perfect. So
1: we left off with this um, survey that you did and this this question you asked, you said, Do people know when I have TTMS? So the question is Do you think that the person has any idea he or she talks too much? And what were
2: some of the answers that you got? Most answered no in caps. Mm, interesting. Some said probably not. One person said, I think most people don't know, not because they're stupid but because they are so absorbed in their own conversations that they are insensitive to body language and verbal hints. And I think that's one of the more
1: powerful problems is that you would think they would pick up on body language, but somewhere along the the road in their life, they have turned off that awareness. Mm -hmm. So you can be looking away, not even looking at them. You can even turn
2: your body from them they still will keep talking that's true
1: they 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 will they some are and,
2: aware of it but they are so determined to finish what they're saying or they talk louder yes yes they talk louder yes and one of the other answers i i, I can relate to because i know someone who says that one person answered that her friend admitted i probably talk too much but what i say is interesting Oh, my goodness. Wow. Probably only to her, but it's... Well, and this other,
1: she said, some do. They apologize for monopolizing the conversation, but they keep on doing it. Mm-hmm. And one person said, um, my one friend knows, but she laughs about it. Mm-hmm. So they're perfectly okay with this behavior. Yes. yes. So what's mm-hmm. this? this long one, this long one that someone said?
2: Uh, oh, she said, I find it very strange. There is a woman in my quilting club who has a terrible case of TTMS. We have lost members because of her. Ours is an invitation-only group, and any new names presented for membership must be agreed upon by the group. This particular member voted thumbs down on someone whom we thought would be a delightful contribution to our group. When we asked her for a reason, she replied without even blinking, she talks too much. Oh, my goodness. I was stunned. Why can't she see that flaw in herself? So what, what do you do about this? What, what was, what's kind of the,
1: I mean, we can talk about, what, you know, why do people talk too much? And
2: what did you kind of come up with? Well, they still had the problem. They, they still. And and, you know, this is kind of a strange.
1: I I, see some of this. I think has has to do with some anxiety. Mm -hmm. I I do believe it has to do with some anxiety that they have some underlying anxiety and they can't settle down and just because listening and really connecting requires relaxing Mm -hmm. and it requires that I settle myself down and I stop the talking in my own mind and I'm willing to engage and to listen and to control my body, which means Mm -hmm. controlling my mouth. Right. And I tell people frequently I practice this wonderful gift of breathing in because Mm -hmm. if I breathe in, I can't talk. That's right. And so I just take in a deep breath and I think, do I need to say this? Is this important to say? Maybe should I wait? Mm -hmm. And it helps with self-control. And so some of this might be a maturity issue. You know, we kind of learn some things in elementary school through high school about socializing. And there's some socializing they may not have learned mm-hmm. for whatever reason. I think
2: it's an addiction with some people.
1: <laughs> no, I really do. It could be. I think it's a very much a learned behavior. I think they don't know what to do with themselves. They can't just sit. Right. They don't know how to do silence.
2: As I admit here in the next part, I say personally, I must admit when I see people like that, I am frightened. It makes me wonder what bad habits I have that I can't see that are obvious to others. Most of us can point out every flaw we see in others, but how many flaws can we see in ourselves? And then I quote Robert Burns, that famous quotation, Oh, would some power the gift give us to see ourselves as others see us. It would from many a blunder free us. And I so often pray, Lord, please help me to see myself as others see me. And don't let me commit suicide.
1: <laughs> and, you know, I, you know, I think what's important is to add to that and help me see what you see. Yes. You know, because so many times you know, we don't see what God sees. And, right. and God sees the real us and the authentic us and who he really has designed us to truly be and how far off we are from that original design. And I think it's a valiant prayer to say, God, help me be aware of how I affect other people.
2: Help me to be aware yes. of
1: whether that effect is positive, whether it is negative, what, what I
2: leave them with. And that forces us mm-hmm. to get out of the self-absorbed mode. Well, and you know, when I talk to to clients or
1: myself about this, I remind myself that I'm kind of like, you can consider yourself a perfume. And what is the aroma that you leave after you're gone? That's what is very telling. Because there are sometimes you can be talking to a person and feel okay while you're talking to them. Mm -hmm. And then after they leave, what do they leave you with? And do you still feel good after they walk away? Or do you start to feel like, well, that was weird. Or mm-hmm. why do I feel some anxiety? Or why do I feel like maybe I wasn't understood? Mm-hmm. Or maybe they're not really truthful. All that stuff that comes to us after they leave, many times, mm-hmm. is some of what they left us. Now, some of that can be our own right. insecurities, CAC our talk. own our own hurts, right. our own un, you know whatever has not been healed. But what is the aroma of the person after they leave? You know, and the Holy Spirit is considered a sweet aroma. Mm-hmm. You know, and so are we—that sweet-smelling aroma to people, or do I leave them with a foul? Like, oh my gosh, I had to tolerate that person,
2: right?
1: You know, or I had to steel myself to be polite, like I was not with this particular woman years ago. Mm -hmm. I could not be polite any longer. I'd been polite. I tried. I tried to engage. I tried Mm -hmm. to steer the conversation. I tried to participate, and I finally was like. Shut up. Now, I didn't say that. Thankfully, I had self-control. But right. I wanted to. I was beside myself, you know.
2: So, this is a really important topic for people. It is. And, and I'm I, glad that you brought and it up. There's so much in this chapter that mm-hmm. we can't even touch, begin to touch. But some of the... Um, Things that I mentioned is, um, in the way of tips, is that we can, to limit the length of phone conversation, uh, I use a timer. I like the tips that you have. Yes. And if you don't have one, stand in the kitchen and use the oven timer. And this has really helped. And it it helps you to get away from your friends easier because they can hear the timer.
1: And so what about getting off, like, you know, you talked about the person that you tried to get off, and they just keep talking. So this is the hard thing for people to, to be very assertive, which feels rude sometimes.
2: It, it is. Um, I would say to limit and let them know that you have only a certain amount of time to talk. And so when they keep talking. Say, Interrupt. And yes. that's when you interrupt and say I'm sorry it's it's almost time for me to go now I I have time to mention one thing I think you might be interested in if you want to otherwise I've got to go and so if it's something that they need to hear and so then I'll tell them and if they say well yeah but I just I just wanted to tell this one, I am so sorry I I think I told you in the beginning that I, my time was limited
1: and i think it's making i think it's understanding that if i have to keep setting a boundary like that mm-hmm. i need to know that this is about them not about me right and that i'm not being impolite or mean exactly that that person is being impolite mm-hmm. and mean mm-hmm. and so i can still be as polite as possible but i may have to be actually exactly. abrupt
2: and i try to make sure that i visit them cuz then i can leave Absolutely. And if they they meet them somewhere and not drive with them. or meet them someplace. Exactly.
1: Now, at some point do you address in the book, and we have very limited time, about whether or not you stay continuing to be friends with them?
2: Sometimes if you can control the situation by having an appointment or, or if you can control it, you can. Uh, but sometimes I've literally had to just stop to end myself. To yes. end a relationship, yes. yes. It was an energy leak. Yes, and I think that's that's part of understanding
1: yes. that we have limited time and energy, mm-hmm. and we have to be responsible to God where we spend it. Exactly. And we want to make sure that where we spend it, there's fruit for the labor. Right. And that's hard to decide because we don't want to be mean people.
2: Exactly. And And I don't want to be someone who talks too much either so i ask myself the question when i leave did she learn more about me or did i learn more about her i love that so tell us again how to get a hold of you and oh kittychapel.com it's my website and um and you can find lots of books yes and if you need a keynote speaker yes yes and well one thing one thing i wanted to mention uh Uh, is if we're speaking more than 60% of the time in any conversation, we're talking too much. This is Cynthia
1: Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. I love that. Join me next week. God bless your week.
0: We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you.